I should have just started with this. <laughs> uh, Kyle got into another Caribbean drink kick, so I'm drinking a zombie that I made him make for me before he left. <laughs> <laughs> then you sent him off to the drink mines yes. to do more of that. Yes. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. That's like the he was on that before, right? The the tiki bar sort of kick. Yes, and if you're a DFW listener, check out Swizzle. Very good tiki bar. I asked for a coconut drink, and they gave me a dream. It's lovely. Nice. It had a much longer name. It was, I'm sorry, I know this is like peak white person, but it's just a lot of syllables, and I was like, already one drink in, so I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's got coconut. <laughs> I'm going to drink it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't really done the tiki bar experience, so. It's fun. All right, what are we, uh, what, what's first on our agenda today? We're just hanging out today. We're not really just diving into, shit. yeah, not diving into any new, new uncharted territory here. <laughs> nah, nah, we're, we're having a beverage, we're leaning back, loading up our crossbow and shooting that shit. Yep, and unfortunately after that you have to go get the crossbow bolt and clean it off. From the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Probably should have just stuck with a gun or something, but. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, I, I just don't. I mean, not like mixing crossbows and alcohol is a good idea, but guns definitely <laughs> not. True. Bo- both of them are irresponsible. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Let's stick with just the metaphorical shooting then. Yeah. Okay. My first item. I'm the captain today. Hello. <laughs> I'm wearing the, the armband. What are the what are captains? Captains have two bars don't they let's see what? if i'm right military ranks you know captains oh oh i was talking about like soccer captain they have the arm oh yeah, yeah yeah much more familiar with that let's see if i'm right <laughs> yeah what's that fruit salad look like nah so fruit salad that's like where you that's were a ton. like what you did you know that's not oh oh a captain has like an eagle no that's a colonel okay where's a captain oh, captain has two bars hell yeah two bars wow good job I'm so smart but then uh, in, so the, in the navy or coast guard they have an eagle thing okay oh that's cooler but everyone else two bars okay great all, all right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm in charge that's why you guys are here yes i have a shitty little list let's go through it okay um the first one is a banger because it was the title of this note in my notes app where I keep all of my brain thoughts um, was just tweet because I thought of a tweet in the middle of the night. And what Christine wrote at like 3 a.m. half eyes closed so they wouldn't fully wake up was demographics, marketing, capitalism. <laughs> wow. Uh, you were spiraling a little there. <laughs> I think so. Like. <laughs> That that feels like I'm like a, I'm an archaeologist for myself right now. Like, what could this possibly what? mean? <laughs> where where was their brain? I think what it was, was, and we've talked about all of these things before, obviously, but capitalism has figured out how to monetize the identity politics. Yes. And is using that. Basically, it's just demographic information, so they know how to sell you specific shit for you. They're using what are you what are you saying? Like sell as in 
political ideologies or like sell as in purchase products like oh you're media entertainment and yeah products too so you're saying that maybe your your thought is political identification is you is more you is more and more used to just for like marketing capitalist shit like just products yeah not necessarily political identification in terms of parties but like you know identity politics in terms of like oh are you like a queer person who's into astrology like here's a million products for you i would agree they're definitely doing that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean like it's it's just also targeted and it's all i think like the proliferation of streaming services speaks to this too of just like everyone has a niche now and we like are going to monetize the fuck out of that yeah that's very annoying but I mean, mm-hmm. how many subscription services does everyone have? You know, it's, it's ridiculous. New ones coming out all the time just for this little bitty thing. But I mean, but why not do that? I mean, it's logical. The logical endpoint is to kind of proliferate these things. And then, I mean, monopoly is going to set in. So you're going to each one's going to try to acquire the other ones. And you're just going to reverse logic your way back into big cable packages basically yes yes well what's really annoying is now they're trying to do like movie studio streaming so you already have paramount plus mm-hmm. but I, I saw an ad recently for like mgm streaming and i'm like what Whoa. like who knows like what those who, are yeah. yeah what like crazy brain person organizes their media by what studio like put yeah. it out yeah. and not just studio but like product like full-on studio conglomerate yeah, that's that's not in that insane. Uh, this is I mean, it's not the biggest problem we face because you know we do need to feed people and house people, but this is it's a gone on the list thing to have to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> it's going on our petty faults list. Yeah, it's too many streaming services. Petty, I'm putting it on. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually keeping many. track of this now. Yes, so we, we can are. Solve all the problems. So far, we have end homelessness, which is our number one. That's not petty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do have actual agendas. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So that's our that's how we start and like get people excited. <laughs> <laughs> and then we come in with the low, the small ticket items like stopping car haggling, and then the very next day we just fix public transit instead. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So we take a break and then we come back to the good shit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. USB consolidation and too many streaming services. There we go. Uh, you, you know, you have to put together the revolution to get any of this to happen. But <laughs> we'll be ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. I mean, yeah, I guess it's just that another example of how people can really easily get sidetracked or, or eh, brainwashed is kind of not very generous to people. It makes us makes the audience seem pretty stupid, but like it happens to everyone, you know, it's, it's just like you're so everyone's soaked in propaganda just on a day-to-day basis. It's the tyranny of the common sense of our society is it's all washed in this, in this capitalist nonsense. But we, we all go about with this received wisdom of that businesses, corporations, what have you are doing things, making things, new things, cool things for you, you know, for your enjoyment and for your satisfaction and to make sure they meet their customer needs or however they want to phrase it. 
anything to avoid just like the plain fact that they're, they're just doing it for profit. Like that, that's the actual reason. And I mean, people kind of know it, but I feel like it's, that's, that reason is pretty deeply buried and constantly kind of smooshed down by this notion of, oh, innovation and, oh, uh, new cool shit and it's going to be good for you and look how this will help you in your life. To try to mask the fact that ultimately this is just like a different way to pick your pockets besides, you know, what what little we let you take home <laughs> in the first place. We didn't fleece from your surplus labor. Like we're also trying to take that too. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like there's a big emphasis on personalization, you know, over the past few decades in terms of technology. Like mm. we're all very into that, obviously. And, you know, we've all made our choices on like where we draw that line of convenience versus creepy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they're all bad lines to have to make, but whatever, we do it. Mm-hmm. But what we're really feeding into, it's, yeah, like you said, like, they're not doing this for you. (laughs) They're doing this so they can, like, learn about you and sell you more shit. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, perfect example with these streaming services. Oh, it it is kind of convenient. Not the stupid movie theater, the movie (laughs) uh, company, whatever. That's pretty dumb. But, you know, oh, uh, like... uh, crunchy roll or something you know oh, i'm into mm. anime so that makes sense to do an anime streaming thing mm-hmm. it's niche and it'll you know i can go to that one place for it or uh, i mean that's at least a genre but all the other ones are just like it's the wild fucking west like how many like how many times a week do i have to google like some show or movie where to watch because yeah. it makes there's no catalog <laughs> well then i mean and that's where they're gonna they're gonna reverse logic into they're gonna they're gonna monopoly reverse the process swing the pendulum mm. back do more monopoly but the selling point is gonna be it's all in one spot it's all in one spot and it's all gonna be one algorithm that is collecting all of your d- oh data or i mean what they'll say is personalizing from mm-hmm. all of your whatever to better analyze you better read you and you know more conveniently direct you to what you want or you know feed you the same shit you already like <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. But that's right about where you draw the line and everything. Because just the other day, I was talking to someone about, was this at the at the house? Where you, I don't mm. remember if you were there. But I was talking about the, you know, how we have the little photos on the, on the TV, oh, yeah, the Google right, Photos right. thing? Yeah. And, it, and it's like, uh, <laughs> the Google Photos will do like facial recognition and stuff mm-hmm. if you want it slash let it. And it's pretty creepy. I mean, you can just read your photos and be like, oh, I'm going to auto sort this into your family album because it's got this yeah. person who's in, you know, and it, it, I guess I admit it's very creepy. I probably shouldn't do it, you know, <laughs> but as we've covered before, I'm a pretty lazy, non-actual active <laughs> communist here. So I'm not that worried. It's super convenient because like my, you know, I can take a photo of my cat and it'll be on the roll like mm-hmm. that evening. It knows. Or, yeah. Yeah, no, I use that shit too. Or I'll just like, okay, I'm looking for a certain picture of my cat. I just search cat. It's way easier. I And okay, there's nothing wrong with that technology no. in and of itself, but it's how it's being used and monetized is the issue. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong, I think, with you using it. Like, you're not going to get anything out of boycotting that. It's a personal Mm-mm. thing about like, do you, are you comfortable with it or not? And how comfortable? Because that's a spectrum. But like, 
you shouldn't, I don't know, you shouldn't feel sinful for using it or something. No, anymore. no, it's, it's pretty morally neutral. Like, it, at this point, it's too late to stop, you know? Like, we're yeah. all feeding that machine. <laughs> but it is something that we're going to need to, I mean, we're going to need to overthrow. <laughs> we're going to need to free ourselves from, and uh-huh. I guess free ourselves in the sense of, like, bring it under our control and decide what to do with it, what parts to keep. Kind of like the Luddites, I mean... When we had that discussion of some technologies are just not good technologies to have. Some are <laughs> neutral and like can be used for good or evil. That's what we'll have to decide. Yeah. You know, you don't really want like super surveillance mass, you know, facial no. recognition technology. You honestly don't, you just probably should not have stuff no, like that to no. make it easier. We can to, throw some things out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, it's kind of, I mean, the talk about demographics and culture kind of brings me to my next topic, which is <laughs> the discourse on Twitter right now. What's the, what's, what's the Twitter discourse? There's a lot, but uh, I chose to pick out one about sex scenes in movies. Okay. Um, it started with someone being like, I didn't consent to this. And it's like, okay, I think we're really stretching the word consent to do a lot of work in that. Uh, okay. And just like there, there's a real prudish backlash going on right now. It's a little terrifying, honestly. So is this a is this a reworded argument for trigger warnings? It could be, yeah. But because I mean, that's what they're saying. What, right? The only solution outside of just banning sex scenes would be <laughs> list up front. Hey, is this hey, going to have a sex scene or not? It's going to be a penis in it. Yeah. And, and we already, like, give general age warnings. Like, I feel like that's enough to kind of know what you're getting into. I don't know. But anyway, so, like, most people are like, yeah, that's that's kind of insane. Like, it, <laughs> there's a real purity culture situation happening right now. It's very weird. Uh, but it led me to a cool article by R.S. Benedict, and it was making a lot of connections that I found interesting. So, like, their their thesis was that, like, back in the 80s and 90s, like, things were much sexier in movies. Like, there were way more sex scenes then. Like, I mean, we had the fucking movie, uh, what's the one where the guy pays to somebody to sleep with his wife? What is it called? I don't want to Google it. It keeps showing up on my Amazon thing, like, you want this? I'm like, I'm not super horny right now, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little uncomfortable. Um... Indecent proposal. Jesus. Ah, okay. Um, and like, that's a whole movie, but like a guy wants to fuck somebody else's wife. Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> you know, like there were, there were particular raunchy moments in eighties and nineties movies that we don't really get much now. Like it's pretty tame in comparison, especially when you think about like blockbuster movies, like those are all pretty firmly PG. Yeah. And it's weird because like back then, the bodies, while they were not by any means like body positive, like, yeah, here's fat people or whatever, they were more realistic. Like, have you seen that side by side of like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine from like back in the day to now? No. So like if you if you can recall or if you want to Google uh, Wolverine's like first appearance with, you know, as Hugh Jackman as Wolverine's first appearance. I mean, like he's buff, right? But like he's not like. And if you look up the latest appearance, it's like he's veiny and just like terrifying <laughs> in comparison. Whoa. Yeah, he's just like a strong dude. He's just like a guy. <laughs> like you could see that guy somewhere and be like, yeah, what's up? Like you wouldn't be like, that's a superhero. You'd be like, that's a guy. <laughs> yeah. 
the the only thing distinguishing him is he's got the cool ass blades or whatever and can take a lot of pain not like he doesn't even need that to rip you in Mm -hmm. (laughs) completely apart okay so yeah i get that yeah so like the body standards have changed and what's interesting is that like the article makes a lot of comparisons between like the interest in in that like super fit culture but also like a decrease in sexuality like there's less sex scenes in movies but people look crazy ripped and they also try to connect it to like the interest in national defense around that time too like after 9-11 we were all like well fuck we're all out of shape and that's when they started like really digging into the physical fitness tests like the president's oh thing. yeah i remember that yeah and they did it for adults too apparently which i did not know and i'm like in what scenario would you like you go to work and someone's like, hey. I don't think, yeah, I don't think any adults actually had to do that unless you were yeah, like, like signing up for the I, military. For real, I would just quit. <laughs> Fuck no, I'm not running sprints. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're saying that like, instead of like traditional, you know, horniness for pleasure, it was like getting horny for war. <laughs> this is like a Spartan and, ideology or something? Like a, like a militaristic... Yes, like removing the focus from like pleasure and more for like the nation, I guess. Oh, very fascistic. Definitely. Oh, and they also reference uh, McMansions, which is a fun one. If y'all aren't familiar, McMansion Hell run by Kate Wagner. Fantastic blog. But it kind of makes that comparison too of like even in like the movies, like the sets were way more laid back. Like if you go back and watch like Home Alone or Poltergeist or like any of those movies set then like there's stuff places like there's like toys out for the kids. There's like, you know, a cluttered kitchen. And now it's just like everything is clean, modern, sterile. It looks like everyone lives in Airbnbs full time. <laughs> yeah. The well, you may have this decor. So sorry, but the kind of bland, like gray, black sort of Ugh. modern, whatever it is, that sort of approach. It's yeah. Like and and so bringing it back to i mean mcmansion specifically like it according to that blog they talk about how that like houses are now reduced to features instead of like what's actually good for living Mm, okay and so it's like well how can i sell this house how can i flip this house and so they're like yeah i you know i put xyz in it instead of saying like yeah this is good to live in because they'll do things like throw a super high ceiling that's going to drive your heating and cooling costs up the fucking roof but they don't care because they get to say hey check out that crazy sandalier that literally nobody can reach yeah isn't it great yeah that'll that'll be (laughs) completely dust ridden exactly like it's completely (laughs) non-functional at all but you get to say that you have it yeah so so the what is the overall how how do they tie all these together then is it just capitalism i mean is it just <laughs> i guess yeah it, it it is the focus away from pleasure and into you know features and into into self-reliance and like like gym culture has shifted from like like i know like our parents like they would like dad like he was like on a volleyball team for fun you know like that was a thing you would do and now like exercise is this like torturous uh almost you know virtuous act yeah i think for a lot of people not for everybody yeah i think a lot of people look at it that way i don't know the extent to which people 
mm, have changed their mind on that really because there are people who like do things enjoy that they enjoy i guess right like Definitely, definitely. And I don't want to say that doesn't happen. But I say the culture has moved from like, hey, like, go play tennis because it's fun to, hey, go do this thing because you'll get ripped. Yeah, or at least uh, stay fit or something. There's a, Yeah, there is a more f- a focus on the improve. Maybe that's the thing is it's it's people are shifting from you're saying this pleasure idea to this improvement idea. So everything has to be for like a, a linear purpose of improving oneself or one situation or the country or whatever versus you're a human being like have take take pleasure in life (laughs) exactly like it, it you know they compare it to like the kind of german movement of physical fitness the british did this too like apparently like as in the 19th century as kind of their empire started to decline a bit, they got really into like, well, let's get buff. Um, just because we panic and we're like, we'll need to be strong for whatever fight is happening. And I don't know, it's a it's a really like kind of all over the place article in terms of themes. Obviously, I'm doing kind of a bad job of explaining it, but if you want to <laughs> look it up, <laughs> please do. Um, it's at bloodknife.com, which is a fantastic URL. Wow. Bloodknife, okay. Bloodknife. It's the cutting edge. Um, Oh, my God. I hope that's the tagline. <laughs> um, and the name of the article is Everyone is Beautiful and No One is Horny. <laughs> that's I guess that is true, though. Like, if you think about Marvel movies and stuff, that's exactly, you know, half of our cultural output at this point. Those and the spinoffs or whatever is uh, that's all that's all very attractive people. In, that are celibate, essentially. I yeah, yeah, like zero sexual chemistry happening. It's it's just very puritanical in that way. And I'm not saying like I'm gonna watch people fuck. Like that's all I want to do. But like, it's interesting that those kinds of movies don't happen anymore. Like that's just like not a thing. Or even like you know what we consider kind of movie class. Like fucking Ghostbusters has a blowjob scene in it. You know. <laughs> Like, we, that would never fucking fly today. Yeah, and I th- maybe it's just because of the, I think this is trodden territory, but because of the movie industry being more of this, like, it follows a, a process business sort of thing of, like, we're, we're really just, you know, boldly in this just for profit, and we, we don't really care about the artistic nature of it, so it's, it's why you don't see, like, you know, small comedies or, yes. you know buddy road trip movies you see you know franchise films and oscar bait yeah that is it like i saw a list of like here are the movies that are coming out in 2023 i think literally everything but one movie was a franchise film yeah so (laughs) there's no room to make any of your to alienate any of your audience you have to play to this boring middle so you can't you know you don't want to do anything too risque. Yeah. I mean, I think about this all the time. Like one of my favorite movies is the Birdcage, And it's such a low stakes, weird, queer, funny little movie that would never fucking get made today. And that had Robin Williams and Nathan Lane. Yeah. Like it's a fantastic fucking movie, but that would never happen. Today. Is there any comparable comedy movie that has come out recently that is like anywhere near that? Yeah. It's, it's, a sad 
sad trend. And this is another thing where it's like, okay, well, what's to blame? <laughs> I bet you guys know. <laughs> Say it all together. <laughs> Capitalism. Yeah. And it's like, well, just add that to the list of things that we'll. <laughs> Better improve. movies. Yeah. Well, that, that we'll be rewarded with if we manage to. Defeat this thing and, you know, also kind of save the planet, uh, you know, liberate the people items. from, yeah, liberate people from <laughs> oppression and imperialism, all this. Also, better movies. Bring back the rom-com. A lot has been written about the death of the rom-com. Sexier movies. Sexier <laughs> movies. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know that was... But you're my correspondent for the Twitter, you know, uh, discourse, as he put it. It's a hellhole. I don't recommend it. <laughs> Don't that's, go in there. That's why I outsource it to you. It's smart. You should keep doing that. Honestly, I don't know why I'm still on there. It's it also is just falling apart. Like some things just don't work. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, like in Twitter? Yeah, like functionally mm. it's getting worse. <laughs> yeah. So I was listening to Gastropod, which is uh one of my favorite podcasts. Uh because it's something my husband and I can agree on for listening. <laughs> we have very different <laughs> podcast tastes. And, uh, but it's about food, uh, from like a history and science perspective. So it's totally up my alley. And in this episode, they're talking, they had a two part series on coffee. And in the first one called Grounds for Revolution, they tell the story of El Salvador. Mm, Okay. So El Salvador was like back in the day, almost like doing subsistence farming, like very small scale agriculture, you know, people produce like traditional crops on communally held land just to feed themselves okay and it was really interesting the way like the they were talking about it It was you know there's a quote it was by no means a rich society you could say it was a poor society but it was relatively speaking economically a more balanced society and a much more equal society than it ultimately became and then stuff happens oh okay (laughs) stuff Mm-hmm. What kind of stuff? I mean, capitalism and imperialism, you know, the mm. usual bad guys in the room. <laughs> the dynamic duo themselves. Mm-hmm. The big boys come in around the end of the 1800s. Uh, the government is like, hey, let's make more money. Brazil seems to be doing good with this coffee business. Let's fucking get into that. And so they start trying to get people to start a coffee plantation and yeah sure there were some native salvadorians um some like indigenous peoples um claiming that uh incentive to start uh, a plantation but a lot of europeans flooded in and said hey i've got capital let me do that (laughs) so that's what they did they did you know these are people that had connections they ran banks they could get loans they could access shipping so like they're the people that mostly won out in this kind of land scramble Mm -hmm. well not even the land in the in the initial capital to set up a plantation um, and to get the land, like they bought it at like a pretty cheap price. And sometimes you couldn't prove you owned it because it was communally fucking held. Yeah. So they would just take it. It's just, I would be, well, you don't own it then. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you don't own it then, huh? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Um, so they started privatizing our least favorite and basically use food as a cudgel to get indigenous people in line saying, well, now that you don't have food that you're growing on your own land, you have to work for food. Guess who's going to do that? And they'd like do some fucked up shit of like only serving food 
like in one area. So you had to come work for them in that spot. Like they would like make you show up early because like they might run out of food. Like they were totally just like essentially enslaving people via food needs. Yeah. Like debt slavery, but food slavery. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Let's see. Oh, the size of the servings were manipulated to attract people when more when more people were needed and were reduced when there are plenty of people around and there's plenty of labor to be hired. So just fucking doing the wage trick, but with food. Yeah, that's, that's normal. I, it's, <laughs> okay. That, it is what our employers do to us yeah. in a more removed setting. Right, there's one extra step in there, the money in, <laughs> in between. But yeah, I said that flippantly, but it is ex- actually exactly the same. <laughs> it is, totally, totally. Um, and like you had people starving, like that was a totally common occurrence. The The global commodity of coffee continued to drop in price, but somehow the uh, profits continued to go up from these companies. Odd. I wonder where maybe they got that money. <laughs> Strange. We'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, they pushed down wages. So, of course. Yeah. That's what's happening now. Uh, I don't think the what is it 15 percent layoffs happening right now i don't think that's a fucking coincidence oh no no that's <laughs> uh, and it's from companies that we're seeing that they're they have been doing well and we're going to see in the future that they're going to continue to rake in maybe not record profits all the time but very good profits you know yeah and you know that's kind of how the el salvadoran Civil War started up, or I guess it's called the Salvadoran Civil War. Yeah, yeah, Salvadoran Civil War. Yeah, you had just huge, essentially genocides of indigenous people and coffee workers. Just like, yeah, just kill them all. And uh, you know, our good pals, <laughs> the United States, definitely uh, helped out with that. Yeah, they love that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they were backing up. You know, they were backing up a good government against like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> communists or something i'm sure right uh i mean it's a violent military dictatorship but it was against communists so yeah, obviously so that means they're good worse yeah, yeah clearly clearly <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so let's see oh a quarter of the entire population of el salvador left the country um starting in the 1980s so pretty cool situation happening there at least we got cheap coffee out of it. I mean, <laughs> worth it, right? Well, another thing that was interesting in that series of episodes is they, they talk a little bit about the connection with coffee and capitalism from the, you know, imperial core side of things of apparently coffee was used in a case to uh, guarantee a coffee break and to get paid for that time. It is in the case of United States versus Phil Greenitz of Los Wigwam Weavers. He was struggling to get workers to like keep up in this necktie factory. And so he started doing coffee breaks, but he wasn't paying them for that time. He's like, well, it's a break, so I'm not yeah. going to pay you. And so they were like, well, we need the fucking coffee to work, so <laughs> please pay us. <laughs> um, and so the Department of Labor stepped in, and they had a court case over it and instituted that, like, yeah, you have to pay employees during their break time. Interesting. But it had to be coffee break time? It couldn't be, like, tea or... It says, <laughs> federal court found the employer had to pay employees for break time because their break time is actually adding to their pro- productivity at work. So it seems to imply coffee because, like, that's the caffeine element. Yeah. You, know? you can't drink. If you, if you drink water, you don't get. 
But uh, water would contribute to your productivity too. I you mean, gotta it keeps be hydrated. You hydrated. Yeah. But yeah. if you just sit there, no, no money for you. You have to Mm-mm. do something. <laughs> you gotta chug it. Chug something. Shoot something into your arm <laughs> for it to count. Yeah, I mean, uh, they have Michael Pollan on, and he's just like, yeah, I mean, it's a drug that your employer buys for you and keeps out for free. So, like, true. Let's think about maybe why that is. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's. You know, uh, other countries might have more of a a relaxed sort of, you know, a tea culture or something that has something very mm-hmm. ceremonial, very ritual that you do, but it takes a long time. I mean, you know, coffee, it's go, you know, because you got to be churning out the profits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> anyway, check out that episode. Yeah. Gastropod, one of my favorite shows out there. Really interesting stuff. And I, I do appreciate the historical lens that they add to food and and they do talk about like the capitalist effects like they have an episode on palm oil um that they mentioned in this that i need to go watch, uh, listen to because that's a fucked up item if i recall so yeah i think palm oil has led to a lot of like slavery conditions mm-hmm. uh, in africa yeah next i have a question for you Ooh. and i don't know if you've been keeping up with it so we might have to take a google break okay <laughs> What's going on with the French? They're like turning off electricity and shit. The French are on strike because they tried to raise their retirement age by two years. And everyone was like, actually, fuck no. <laughs> and like showed up in, in mass. It's been amazing to follow on Twitter. But I wanted to hear some background on it if, you, if you've heard of it. Uh, I have heard of it. Uh, I, I saw on Reddit where I learned that they were doing this in the first place. It was a... A little video clip, but it was actually from the last time they did this in 2018, apparently. So not that long ago, but mm. still, uh, <laughs> they, they, it was the rail workers that were on strike and they had like this push rail cart sort of thing that they were pushing down the rail tracks. Uh, and it was, it had this like, like a grill on it. So it was like a, like a mobile train track grill. And they Whoa. were like cooking stuff up and people were like walking up and like buying <laughs> you know, or, or getting grilled food from them. And this That's was like amazing. their picket line. <laughs> That's cool. A taco truck at the picket line. Yeah. They were like, damn, <laughs> the French, train. they really know how to strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah. Uh, the cause is that the government of Emmanuel Macron is trying to raise the retirement age to 64, which Americans listening would love to have a retirement age of 64 because uh we are just willing to you know willing to not have that i guess because we don't stand (laughs) up and strike for this but they they're trying to increase it from 62 to 64 and so the unions broadly in the country are fighting against this uh this article is from reuters you know fairly normal (laughs) pretty pretty boring news outlet generally says unions including the moderate cfdt union are united against this reform and have vowed to continue strikes and demonstrations so the initial stuff kicked off uh january 19th the first major protest basically uh they had massive strikes uh they halted lots of they disrupted like train traffic and stuff and blocked refineries 
And power generation too was, that's where you're saying like they were cutting off power and stuff because they were shutting that down too. Uh, and that's kind of what they're, they're doing another round of that. Uh, they're supposed to do that uh, Tuesday. Uh, so I guess they, by, by, by release time, they will have done <laughs> they this. They will have already done it, yeah. hopefully. It is interesting. The, the apps and the little like Metro app and everything has like little alerts when we were there they they had a section like an faq thing that was like oh we try to make sure that you know we tell you about like labor you know labor strikes and things when they happen so you can best plan for them and stuff wow that's so cool yeah abby said that one time they some previous trip that she was there they had taken a train to versailles and i don't remember it was down there or coming back that they uh, at the next stop, they they got to a stop and they were like, yeah, uh, you, you have to, you know, you have to get off. the." They came on the announcements <laughs> and were just like, yeah, you have to get off the train. Uh, we're, you know, there's a strike and good luck getting home, basically. <laughs> Find luck, some everybody. other way to get home. Wow. On strike. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So they had to figure out how to get back, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, one of the tactics here is intentionally disrupting, I mean, basic functions of society like public transport and stuff uh they said in this uh the most recent action i suppose unless there's you know a general strike or something in between now and then which would be great (laughs) (laughs) that you know yeah train lines are going to be disrupted they recommend people like don't don't try you know the the metro and everything (laughs) just 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 yeah it's it's going to be bad Uh, and, and that's kind of unfortunate i guess for regular people but it's just like when we had the teacher strikes, you know, here a while back is it is inconvenient and people will say, oh, I wish those teachers would go back to work. Or I wish those rail workers would go back to work. But like, there's another party there that like, that's what I was going to say. As the like, power. instead of, <laughs> yeah, instead of getting mad at the striking workers, be like, all right, well, who, who was causing them to do this? You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's two sides to this here. You know, and, and yes, yeah, the unions are, are doing this to try to say we have a demand that we want met and we don't want to back down. Okay, that's one half of it, but you got to acknowledge the other side is not backing down either. So they're also causing the strikes. Mm-hmm, exactly. If they would just be like, oh, never mind. You guys don't like this. We didn't realize, <laughs> you know, then. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, then it would be there wouldn't be a strike. They said uh, that airlines were going to reduce their flights by 20% um, at one of the Paris airports on Tuesday. The government, Emmanuel Macron, said he would maintain the reform's key target. The heart of the reform will not change, he said. Okay, buddy. So we'll see. I I thought he tried this before and met with massive resistance, too. (laughs) And now he's trying again. So I don't, I don't know what they're, eh, what they're going to do there, how that's going to play out. But that's where it stands right now. Anyway, that's what they're doing. And basically the unions are just like, yeah, I mean, this is not going to be it. We're just going to keep doing this shit. Mm-hmm. And, and we'll see. I mean, I think that broadly speaking big generalization but french society seems to have more of a a good sense about this to to see those two sides and say yeah government why aren't you 
listening to the demands of people rather than the more reactionary American approach of like, geez, these, these workers, because it's not, they're also not just fighting for union rights too. Like it's not just them say, I don't want to have this thing happen to me. I mean, it's like everybody, you know, it's several unions and yeah, they're fighting for the whole retirement age thing. So uh, to be fair, there, there are complicated aspects to their social security retirement system that have different groups of workers mm, and stuff. Okay. Okay. So there may be something where rail workers or public workers have a different affected. thing. Yeah. I, okay. I don't, to be honest, don't really know the details there, but from my understanding, the reform is, is going to target everybody having to increase their retirement age. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's a, it's a good fucking cause. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say that too, is like every time I read some like current labor news from France and I was like, damn, okay, y'all like <laughs> they're just, there's so much more together. I feel like, and their, their populace is so much more willing to go with them to these places. And I'm, I'm very impressed. And I wonder what it is about France that has the public engaged so much in that struggle and willing to side with the workers for the most part. I'm again, generalizing here. It's a generalization, but I think it is grounded somewhat in history in that, I mean, France has had ruling socialist party governments before Uh, they've had communist, the communist party, like in coalition with people. And those are, you know, okay. Yes. You can say those, those are bourgeois parties because they're in parliament and everything. Okay. All right. But I mean, that's, you know, if you're talking about why is there... <laughs> Miles and above what we have. Yeah, so if, if, if you're looking at why is there awareness of these sorts of things and their willingness to, like, side with workers and stuff, I mean, that, that kind of explains their advanced mindset there. It also could just be partly cultural, too, is just, I'm, uh, just for my limited understanding and experience of it, uh businesses there and and things like that and just like shops and stuff they close all the fucking time yeah uh and <laughs> it's kind of inconvenient in a way but it's also kind of cool as i guess as a worker or something is you get more time off you like you're not expected to yeah work all these hours and shit like there's times where basically nothing's open <laughs> yeah if you're like hungry at a certain time like you might be shit out of fucking luck and it's really interesting because you're just like Oh, I'm just so used to being able to get like whatever I want whenever I want it. And now like it's it's kind of humbling to like say, oh, I have to th- consider other people right now and be like, yeah, that shop worker wants to go home for a while. Can't blame him. Yeah, it's very much, it seems like anyway, very much a, a kind of anti-Karen society sort of thing. It's, mm-hmm. What would you do? <laughs> like as a Karen, there's you should just like, sorry. Who are you going to yell at? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is against you. Oh. Yeah, it is. It is a really interesting culture that does not seem to place a lot of value in like in traditional hustle work kind of crap like we do, I guess. Yeah, I'm sure they still have some. Oh, I'm sure they have entrepreneur types. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm absolutely sure that exists. But just like the things France is known for, like you know, art and culture and food and wine, like those things generally require a lot of time and leisure. And also some public access, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I keep thinking about the park that I, I stayed near Luxembourg Park. Like that was such a publicly used, robust space. 
it was really impressive and it, like you could clearly see there was a community there and i was just like damn i wish we fucking had a just a good park <laughs> so sad yeah we don't live in the ideal area for it texas being this hinterland of nonsense just car culture crap yeah that's that's more of a maybe a urban rural thing but even even in in more rural areas southern france and everything i mean they they have public spaces and stuff and they had the same situation of like shit being closed at random times uh, it's just i think it's broad, broadly that sort of cultural thing this caveat that i would say though is that they do have very <laughs> right wing you know conservative oh, totally. elements there as well it's not like a perfect totally. society like any it has its reactionary shitheads you know oh yeah yeah france you seem cool but we'll find out more <laughs> good luck with yeah. your strike stay cool yeah fight the fight if it evolves into a general strike i mean you got our support and if, if you have our support now but i mean we also back you if you <laughs> want to keep going you know if you want to go further for sure keep it going <laughs> we have some extra time and i don't know if this will be interesting but I wanted to chat about like some some upcoming topics and like how do we want to cover them? Okay. Um, <laughs> one is the Americans. <laughs> oh, okay. The show. The show, the Americans. Is it an FX show, right? It is, yeah. Or it was. Uh, do do shows maintain their? You know, they were on <laughs> FX, but now knows? they're just on Amazon. I don't, I don't know. even know. <laughs> I don't. I think they stream on Amazon. Yeah, so I don't know. This will be interesting, listeners, but here's how the sausage gets made. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We've had this on the list for a long time, and we've talked about how we would want to cover it. We've we've had a few ideas in the past of like, all right, you know, do we just do it by season? Do we just do it by like, let's just have a big, you know, shoot the shit, the Americans version, just like talk about big themes and topics? Yeah. Or one idea is to make it a Patreon bonus which I think would be cool. Just do episode by episode, but oh. only on Patreon. Dude, is there is there an The Americans podcast? Uh, I'm sure there is. Podcast? There's a podcast for everything. I've if never heard of it. a show, there's a podcast. Yeah, The Americans podcast. Slate did it. Oh, God. I can't wait to hear their little neo-lib take on that. Their centrist bullshit. Go deeper inside the world of it. Yeah, shit. All right. Fuck. Uh... Yeah, they have trash takes on it, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, listeners. Some of, I th- we probably mentioned this on the show before, but we both were uh, initial, you know, lib listeners mm-hmm. of the Slate's political gab fest, if that's mm, still I around. I love that. I love that little thing. <laughs> <sighs> so that's, that's where we cut our teeth. <laughs> A little bit of an embarrassing origin story. I was deep into Hamilton and the political gap fest. Like, peak cringe culture. I was like, give it to me. (laughs) It's all right. I was was all about Obama. Yeah, yeah. We all make mistakes, guys. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so, sorry. Um, An episode by episode. I mean, but, like, why not? Why couldn't we do one, too? There's also Watching the Americans podcast. From a... specifically communist lens because i bet there's not a lot of that out there yeah there's probably no one doing like (laughs) going for them right (laughs) (laughs) yeah actually rooting for not just the characters but like russia as a whole (laughs) yeah 
the 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 Soviet Union, the Soviet Union, not modern Russia. The Soviet Union, Soviet Union, yes. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I mean, it would be, uh, it'd be maybe it'd be chill work. I think, right? Yeah, because you just watch an episode and ride it. Out. Yeah. Okay, what's your prep level for movie? <laughs> Episodes. It's the laziest probable. I write a list. It's basically just like my stupid thoughts as they come into my brain, complete with emojis and LOLs. Like, if I guess you don't <laughs> check the Patreon because that's what my notes are, are really trash. No, I Yours never are do. way more detailed than mine. <laughs> well, so, so sometimes I'm just like making notes on my phone. Sometimes I'm like mm-hmm. writing that's it what down. I do. uh, but I usually go back and outline it. Mine is just straight off the dome. And sometimes go on a little screed or something about, but okay. <laughs> so I would say with the Americans, like I would want to know, you know, like some storylines of like, okay, is the wheat storyline real? Was there any legs to that? You know, the, uh, the genetics lab thing on it. Uh huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess that would be kind of fun to research some of that. Some of the angle. This is pretty good. See, I was initially <laughs> saying, well, we're just going to do this. Uh, like we did Star Trek is, one mm, big themes yeah one thing big themes all that and just yeah cover it but this is kind of cooler <gasps> okay synergy <laughs> okay before we started recording we were talking about potentially switching to every other week we do a shoot in the shit episode just to give us more time to research topics in depth and just like you know we're busy people <laughs> yeah and i'm not the best at time management to be honest so yeah, I've got to work on book two coming up here in a minute, so I'm about to be very stressed <laughs> all the fucking time. Maybe we could kind of feel this out to our listeners and see, like, would y'all rather have shooting the shit every other week or this Americans episode by episode? Like, that's kind of confusing. Like, would we need to start a separate feed for that? Probably. Probably. If it, if it is every other week like that, probably. Teach Me Communism presents. Uh... Interesting. Lots to think about here. Uh... Yeah. Well, well, we need feedback, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see, check in with the masses. Definitely. We follow the party want. line. Yeah. The mass line. But um, I like that episode by episode idea. It's pretty good. Well, it sounds fun. Yeah. I, I do, yeah we, we need to see what the overlap is. See how many of you guys are interested in that. <laughs> it's a cool a show, show if you've never seen up. it. It's a very good show. I think it's one of the best written shows that have been around in, in the last decade. Like, I think it's... It's underrated, really cool. too. Like, I don't think it gets the credit that it deserves. It's a... Yeah, it's it's not even, like, a critical darling, I don't think. Like, it did decently in awards and stuff, but not, like, you know, it didn't steal everything. Yeah, and it never became, like, dominant culturally or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, real quick. One thing that I do think is interesting that, you know, if we do this, we'll probably talk about this. It's just the time period. So, like, for those of y'all who don't know what the Americans are. <laughs> so, it's it's a show about um, these two super deep cover agents from the USSR who are living in America as, like, pretending to be normal Americans. Like, wife, uh, husband. Wow, I forgot the word for husband. That's normal. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> 2023. Know, the- you don't need that anymore. <laughs> the man thing that makes you the mixed drink uh, <laughs> uh son daughter you know classic american life um they live uh by dc you know in that area and they are like fucking secret agents and it's really cool and it's set in the 1980s which i find really interesting because i was talking about it with my friend and i'm like i don't think they could have said it much earlier because otherwise we'd just be like that seems cool <laughs> <laughs> 
What do you mean by that? If they had said it, maybe like the 60s or something, or, you know, even earlier, if you like just did a show about like revolutionary Russia or like shortly after or something like you defo side. I mean, I would because I'm a fucking communist, but like (laughs) the 80s, it's easy to say, well, like this is clearly on decline. I get why these characters are like struggling with their loyalty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I guess it's easier to decide, you know, or to, like you said, see, see why they're struggling because they're definitely on the climb by that point. But I think another interesting point is that the Americans kind of predated or did predate, I think, all the shows. I mean, the the 80s retro wave thing is like huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of the first one to do that, really, like before Stranger Things. Yeah, it was. It's, you know, before all that. I mean, it was was like 10 years before, basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Because it does have some fantastic fashion and nostalgia. Like, wow. (laughs) Amazing costuming and makeup department. Just incredible. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think it'd be, we should check it out. I want to do it. I do, too. And I think, listeners, let's let's get real. (laughs) This is a labor of love. (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes (laughs) it's a lot. And, you know, we're not getting paid for this you know we're actually before the call so talking about where to send our patreon funds to you know which mutual aid groups i'll be posting about that later this week probably so keep an eye out for that you know we don't profit off of this in any way it is just like us taking you know significant chunks of time out of our lives to do this and so i think for us we want to always make sure that it's something that we are enjoying the process of too because otherwise it's just work (laughs) yeah so and like i absolutely like adore and appreciate our listeners for being into it as much as they are like that makes me so happy and honestly like i i frequently respond to messages with like this helps keep us going because it does for real like i don't want y'all to feel like oh they're quitting and you know fuck these guys or whatever (laughs) we're not we're just i think it's we're trying to be reasonable but like okay what of our what are our limits what is a good time to reassess and like what would be a way to make it fun and a little less taxing so we can keep going. Yeah, that's basically it is. I just want to spread out a little bit the work uh time frame. And not to mm-hmm. say I'm working on it every day, but like recharge time and stuff. Uh, so I think that could be a really good way to do it. The shoot and the shit way uh could also be a good, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's an approach that would do both. Because then you're getting into kind of <laughs> a tri-weekly thing. Things. And that's... <laughs> that's too many things. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of when we started, we were unsure if how long that was going to go. If we were ever going to return to working in a civilization again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, here we are. So, and, and, yeah, I, I agree with your points there. I mean, we didn't even know people were going to fucking listen. You know, like I put it up fully expecting to be ignored. <laughs> That's true. Had no idea. So we'll, we're, we're, yeah, we're looking for ways to stretch it out. Yeah. To make it, to still bring you the shit, but in better doses for us. <laughs> Definitely. Preventing burnout and all that shit. So yeah, please email us or DM us. I'll probably post some polls on social media too, just to get a feel for the people. But like, if you are passionate about either of those directions, let us know. Like we will totally take that into account. We're, we're a democratic process here. 
Yeah, but ultimately democratic centralism. So once you contribute that all to us and we make a decision. Yeah, we could just ignore it. We're going to go with it. Uh, but we'll take, you know, we'll, we'll take all that input into account. And honestly, we're not very decisive. We might change our mind. In the future. Who fucking knows? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, even with shooting this shit, like, I hesitate for that because I'm like almost every other leftist podcast that is what they do is is cover current events through a leftist lens. And I love that. And I think it's very needed. So sometimes I'm hesitant to, to like make that. Uh, to do to do too much of that. To do too much of it. Because I'm like, that's kind of everybody's thing. Yeah. But why is it everybody's thing is because people want to hear it. People like you it. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And not in the this great, you know, difference between us and other uh, outfits is we're, we're trying to give you what you want because you want it like again we're not getting anything out of it the reverse of (laughs) capitalist firms where we're really just trying to take your money but (laughs) yeah all right so yeah definitely let us know y'all give us your thoughts and feelings about that we definitely you know we're not fucking stopping the show i don't want anyone to panic (laughs) yeah for real especially you know summer break comes up i'll be able to turn out cooler stuff faster i'm gonna set you on some difficult shit for that (laughs) Don't make any plans this summer. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So one thing that's coming up or that is now is today on release day uh, is the anniversary. What would this be? This would be the, uh, the 80th. Yeah. The 80th anniversary uh, of the, the end of the battle of Stalingrad. Hmm. Okay. From World War Two. Great. I mean, that was a bad one, right? Yeah, it was. It was the deadliest battle in the war. Okay. Uh, a, a, I mean, a pretty deadly war. So, deadliest battle in the dead. You know, in a very deadly <laughs> yeah, war. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty impressive mark there. Yeah. In a bad way. Oh, what do you know about this? This is. I mean, relevant. I mostly know what Claudia from the Americans talks about. <laughs> She talks about Stalingrad a lot. Oh, yeah. Tie-in. So it was in the Soviet Union, right? In Stalingrad, uh, nowadays called Volgograd. Because you can't have it called Stalingrad. You know? That's not as cute, though. You don't like Volgograd? Is it because of the Volga River, I guess? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not impressed. <laughs> the G's together, it sounds like you could really stumble Volgograd. over that. Volgograd. Yeah. Volgograd. Like, it sounds like you're mumbling. <laughs> yeah, you, you messed it up the first fuck. <laughs> uh, all right, so no, this was when um, Nazi Germany invaded the Soviet Union. And just, I mean, they just ran, you know, just blew through the place. Luckily, they weren't capturing, like, their the heart of their industry because they had wisely moved that, you know, moved that west, but uh, east, moved it east wrong way (laughs) i was like how did they do that (laughs) just they just gave it to sure um, (laughs) to europe no but uh stalingrad's where the 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 nazis besieged the city starting in august 1942 uh and just just surrounded the place it was just on lockdown basically house to house fighting bombing uh, artillery did they like get citizens out of there or was it just like, no, I mean, people, get a gun? people were there too. Yeah. Like reg- regular citizens. How many just civilians died in this? Yeah. Casualties and losses. 
uh, for the Soviet side were 1.1 million, 950,000 combat casualties. So the rest being civilians. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, huge. And people were, you know, I mean, so you're in siege situation. It's, it was like an old medieval siege. I mean, people were like starving. They were boiling down, uh, like wallpaper to, to, to be able to choose and everything. Yeah. To, oh, to get any no. sort of sustenance, um, oh. you know, horrible stuff. But eventually, you know, the red army, uh, the people defending the city were, were victorious. Wow. Drove off the Nazis. And, and it was February 2nd, 1943, that they actually accepted the surrender of the last German army group there. Damn. It was a big deal. So Americans, when we learn about World War II. <laughs> we uh, don't learn about this. The, well, the, the big thing is D-Day, right? Mm-hmm. We come in. Guns blazing. Fucking save Europe. The charge. USA, yeah. USA. Yeah. Everything's. Yeah. It's 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 <laughs> us. We did it. We saved everybody. You know, stormed the beaches, braved the machine guns. Totally. And w- that is true and a turning point in itself. And it was very brave and all this. It was cool. But we don't learn about Stalingrad. And Stalingrad's really like even an even bigger. It's it's like the major thing because. It's what saved the Soviet Union and, and kept them going. Like without that, if they collapse, if Nazi Germany takes over that, they just say, great, great, great. We're, we're sending everything west now. We're, gonna, we're just going to smash you guys, you know? That's a big fucking deal. Yep. So pour one out for the brave defenders of Stalingrad. Great job, guys. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> so hold on it was called stalingrad while like stalin was around uh yeah i think so i think it was stalingrad from 1925 to 1961 that's kind of i mean he didn't like tell them to do that right uh let's see naming let's see if we can get the etymology in honor of his role in the defense of the city but that was in in uh what do we say in 19 19- 25 so it must have been you know in uh in the civil war mm. is what, uh, i don't remember the details on that but stalin was critical in the defense of i guess it, i mean i guess it was of of uh Zaritsyn at that time is what it was, was Zaritsyn, then it was stalingrad then it was volgograd <laughs> okay okay so he wasn't just like hey this is me now <laughs> no i i'm i'm sure he didn't come up with the idea well, I'm not sure. I mean, he could have, but... He wasn't mad about it. Well, he didn't tell him no, clearly. Yeah, he wasn't like, hey, that's embarrassing. Yeah. It just says this was officially to recognize the city and Stalin's role in defense against the whites between 1918 and 1920. But it doesn't say who did it. <laughs> He's like, I saved your town. You know how you could repay me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it was called that while he was alive and kind of awkward, I guess. Now it is a little weird. Like, I'm going to my town. That's what I, I, I'm going to my town. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the anniversary of the last Soviet armored column leaving Kabul in the Soviet-Afghan war. Oh, good. I'm glad they got out of there. Yeah, that one was a bad one. Yeah, should have done that earlier. <laughs> See our episode for more on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a complicated one. It is. With guest appearances from 
our favorite country, the U.S. Woo, or whatever I'm supposed to say. I forgot. (laughs) Uh, All right. Because we've been talking about uh, things we're doing, I bought a fun book today, which is The Jungle by Upton Sinclair. But it's a graphic novel version. Whoa. So it's, it is the actual text yeah, of yeah, it? Yeah, it just, was just, it's been adapted into a graphic novel. That's kind of cool. By Christina, probably Gehrman, Gehrman? No, I'm not sure. G-E-H-R-M-A-N-N. But um, I will read that and report back because that's probably a good book for us to read for the show, but I didn't want to. So <laughs> I'm going to do it with pictures. <laughs> Hey, that's probably Which a good probably approach. probably a worse way to read The Jungle, because it's supposed to get nasty in there. I mean, it so. created the FDA, so it had to be pretty gross. <laughs> Wish me luck. It is in black and white and red, so I'm already seeing some bloody carcasses happening. It's going to turn see. you into a, a diehard, yeah, vegetarian at least. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we were talking about, like, the practice of docking tails and mm. uh we're talking about with dogs first because like we have a red healer and he has the best tail in the world it's beautiful like a squashy brush uh, but healers it's really common to dock their tails and we're like well it's probably because like they're cattle dogs so they they you know maybe they can get stepped on and stuff like that but we we're talking about it and we're like well at least it's not like with pigs where it's just like because they're in pens and shit and then i was like oh that reminds me like we need to buy some bacon <laughs> So <laughs> oh. it's unlikely this book will turn me into a vegetarian. I'm too far gone. Yeah, you're you're a, a lost cause in that <laughs> I am regard. Really, just the worst. So yeah. <laughs> well, um, speaking. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying. There's always a chance. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. Let's see how good this book is. Um, speaking of upcoming books, we are also in the process of reading The Ragged Trousered Philanthropist. I have just found out there's a graphic novel version of that, so I might just pick that up. Uh, I probably will. Uh, well, do you want I'll me to che- buy it for you? I'll check it out and see if it's... You could do that. It's a lot shorter, man. Oh, it, it, it... Well, then I won't be really reading it, though. I don't know how much they've abridged it, you know? We could both read it, and then I can tell you if you missed out on anything really important. <laughs> <laughs> I only read the Cliff Notes version of it, basically. Yeah, you read the comic version, and I'll I'll do the rest of it. That's not a bad idea. We do like a... A comparison? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they didn't have that. Oh, it didn't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this guy needed an editor. Spoiler for that upcoming episode, which you haven't even recorded. It's a long-ass book, and it did not have to be that long. Okay. (laughs) He repeats himself a lot. I'm going to read the graphic novel one, then. Do it. I'll send you the link. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this was just a lot of show prep that we recorded for people to hear. So I hope y'all are into that. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, it's behind the scenes. It's good stuff. You know? <laughs> is... Exclusive interviews. Yeah. Yeah. Some people make you go behind a paywall to get this. And that's true. We're just putting it out there for this the people. The real the masses. shit right here. <laughs> okay. Well, I finished a zombie and I'm tired now because... That's a hell of a drink. It'll fucking, it'll kick you back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's call it there then. Next week. Yeah. What are we doing? Next week, we're going to be talking about Nicaragua. Great. Specifically the Nicaraguan Revolution. And we'll, we'll cover a little bit of background of the history of that and everything and, and all sorts of 
uh, pretty tragic things, honestly. Pretty dark shit, yeah. I think. Yeah. Okay. But some victories in there as well. Cool. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, I'll catch you later then. All right. Don't forget to let us know what you think about future episodes and shit like that. Yes, please do. Uh, we need the input to make a decision. Yes. Appreciate you all. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.